the mentors. If you listen, you'll have fun. Hope you're not the only one. The mentors. Please subscribe and be a friend. We would love you to the end. The mentors. Hello, welcome back. This is Sergey and Vadim. Well, uh, actually, I'm Sergey. He's Vadim. Fine. This is Vadim and Sergey. Get it right, though we don't really care. Um, this is a show where we interview founders who have succeeded despite having no entrepreneurial experience to try to understand how they overcame obstacles that every entrepreneur faces in the critical early days. And today is today. a very special day. Um, because we have two sets of twins on the show, Emily and Jessica. Hey. Twin squared. Twin squared. It's almost scary a little bit. It is a little weird. No, but it's actually awesome. It's Uh, only weird to other people. It is. It's weird to me. For us, we're very comfortable with you guys. (laughs) No, we're comfortable with you guys too, but I always get super excited about twins, even though I'm a twin. Oh, we love multiples. Especially twins that are our age, because we know we're natural. Oh, true. (laughs) It's true. We're just... Twins are twins. (laughs) Twins are the best. You guys are identical. We are identical yeah, on paper. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, we say the same thing. I know. Yeah. I think our mom lied to us. We look too different, and our brain. Nature look versus too nurture. I think so too. Yeah. Well, you and guys like, have the same beard fluff. We, we have the same beard, <laughs> but like I'm physically much stronger than him intellectually, just far superior. Emily's physically much stronger than I am. <laughs> oh, that's she so works nice out. See, but you're see you're admitting that about uh, yourself, while I would never admit that about myself because I can certainly bench more than Vadim. Uh, but it's not a competition, you know. And that's not what we're here for. We're here to talk about, hey lady, hey lady, <laughs> hey lady. So we're on here with Emily and Jessica, who are of course yeah. twins, just like us, which is a huge deal for us. Um, they're Forbes Glampreneurs and Entrepreneur Magazine Sibling Dream Team. Uh, these ladies, we had a pre-interview with them, have a really exciting story that we're happy to share with you guys. Uh, they've sold now over a million dollars in shoes. They're in s- over 36 countries. Uh, hey, lady, so it's a it's a special occasion fancy shoe. Did I get that right? Pretty much. Fancy lady shoes. Fancy lady shoes. To be specific, it's a vintage-inspired modern comfort special occasion shoe. Ooh, so we're a little, well, at least I'm a little bit outside your target market. Vadim, I think, fits right in. <laughs> Don't judge me, Sergey. We go up to size 13. <laughs> oh, man, he's nowhere near that, so you don't have to worry about it. No, I'm a dainty nine. We're actually, uh, we're actually a niche within a niche. Okay. Oh, okay, what does that mean? It means that we're not even just a niche of like... Women, wedding shoes. Yeah, wedding shoes. We're... Wedding shoes for people with sparkly personalities. Mm, okay. So Colorful and sparkly personalities. Wait, so we fit that demographic. So we do, yeah, we certainly do. But seriously, I have ten and a half size shoe. If you can please uh, send me your first mail. Do you do you think you'll ever get into men's shoes? Definitely. That's definitely in the plans. It's going to be called mm. gents. So the hey lady and gents. Wow. Well, we actually right. found out from a lot of the weddings that we had gone to that guys are hurting just as much because their shoes are actually made out of concrete. What? Are she like, well, yeah. <laughs> figuratively Sergey, but that's not. Uh, I told you he's not the yeah. brightest. Uh, no. He's sharp. He runs these. Uh, he runs these episodes because my memory is that of a goldfish. Oh, oh my too. god! Yeah. <laughs> we are twins. We're wow. quadruplets. No, what you forgot. To, I forget everything. She forgot to turn off the stove, and I was like a reaching over times. it, and 
all of a sudden I was like, that's really warm. <laughs> <laughs> See that you compliment each other, which is really important. I left important. the office keys in the office door. <laughs> oh, geez. Multiple times. We both, these twins are co-founders and they also uh, happen to live together, which is... Which Don't is, mention uh, that. Do, we're not supposed to mention that. Uh, that's okay. Uh, no one is judging. We lived together we for a long time. We told you our brother called us the Simpson twins. Okay, so it's really normal for Asians to yeah. be living with your family, but not... Yeah. And in Silicon Valley to have yeah. roommates, but yeah. everywhere else in the world, they're yeah. like, What's This is normal. Yeah, yeah, it's normal for us, too. We yeah. lived at home. Sergey just yeah. published an article about us living at home at, uh, at 30. <laughs> 30 years old. Well, 29, we moved in home. We didn't move out until 30. And uh, we lived together as us. well until 30. And yeah, you guys yeah. live in San Francisco. We live in New York yeah. City. You mm-hmm. can't yeah, really live without Valley. roommates, right? I mean, you have to. You be- have to. It's actually a form of survival. So when we started this business, you have to use all resources you have, and that is free rent and using our parents' free living office. room as a warehouse. Yeah, we mm. used we used part of their office. Yeah. The public library was our printer <laughs> because back then it was like dial up. Yeah. Was it dial-up modem? I don't know. What, no, what no, no, no. There dial-up, was still that was, a long, that was quite a while. Don't date us that. I don't think it was, <laughs> okay, it was we had internet ten years ago. <laughs> so they're actually eighty years old, but they look great. They just sound super young. Um, well, so actually, let's let's. Uh, I'm, I'm curious to hear a little bit about that too, because. Yeah. Um, as most of these entrepreneurial stories go, there's a lot that goes yeah. into the real story before that million dollars yeah. in shoes sold. There is a lot of blood, sweat, and toil that went into it, a lot of sacrifices you guys needed to make. Uh-huh. So let's let's get started there. I, you know, I, I guess if we back up a little bit, um, I know that you had to move home in order to start this company, which is a sacrifice that most people are not willing to make. Oh, yeah. I moved from Los Angeles back up to uh, the Bay Area when okay. we started this, and Emily quit her job. Oh, This is basically a week after we decided that we were going to do this. This is what how we came together. Okay. So what led you to this decision? Um, starting a company is not something that most people think they're capable of doing. Mm-hmm. What was the thought, thought process? Is it like a conscious decision that you made? We're going to start a business together and we know exactly what we're going to do. No, we never, never intended to never. work together ever. Really? People already think twins do everything together. I mean, so we do like, work out together and plan eat to together. eat together. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and we carpool. <laughs> <laughs> It's economical. So we had a five-year-long distance relationship Uh where I was working in fashion down in Los Angeles and Emily was up in San Francisco. I was up in San Francisco doing PR and branding. Mm -hmm. And we... What was it? What was it that there was a series of misfortunate events? Mm. I mistakenly got married. (laughs) We did not talk about this. No, we did not know this. How does that happen? I mistakenly got married. I basically, I always say that I've been single since the day I got married. I got an annulment right after that. But because of this and passing out from these fancy designer shoes, dancing in Vegas. Like and black, yeah, black, like black out. out, like being carried by a man home, black out. Oh. Thanks, Chris. <laughs> <laughs> so there's a series of events that kept happening, oh. and we used to be runners. After you start a business, you give up working out and taking care of yourself like that. So we used to run, but on one of these marathons, um, Emily's foot started to, like bleed through her shoe. Oh, yeah, it started to bleed through my shoe a mile from the finish line. No oh, way. Wow. And then it was just like, oh my God. And then standing in a 10 pound wedding dress and then dancing, we're huge dancers, dancing all night. Mm -hmm. We had the same pain DNA. And so we're like, oh, we just need 
an awesome dancing shoe that can go as far as a marathon. Mm. Yeah, and it was after the Vegas night, all of us, like there was like nine of us girls, we yeah. went shopping the next day to buy mm. shoes and we were all a size and a half up just so we could go dancing again oh, that wow. night. Because, you know, yeah. young and stupid, yeah. right? Wow. So, so you had this bad experience, I guess, with shoes, one through a marathon, the other one through all the, I guess you guys are wedding yeah. crashers. Yeah. Uh, and then what, you... Thought, how do we just, solve this problem? No, well, so those things happened. The idea kept coming back, and we were on a run. Oh, that's right. And that was the second time in our life that we had a twin ESP moment. We uh, never think the same thing ever. Yeah, we really? always think the same thing, but we say it in different ways. Uh-huh. But this time, we were running, and we were just talking about the comfortable shoe that wasn't out there. And it came to us at the same time, and that's when we actually decided to quit our jobs. Yeah, we and wanted started. the total package shoe. So you're looking. We're also matchmakers on the side, just for fun. <laughs> so we're like, you want that one guy who's perfect for you. Mm. So we want the total package. We want to choose with beauty, brains, personality, and then we added heart. Mm. Yeah, we called it the mall. I didn't Clooney, have the heart part. The, you know, she's she's perfect leader. to us. So. Yeah. <laughs> so so. How did you, though, decide to quit your jobs? I mean, that's a pretty big decision, right? What do you mean, did, how? We just decided. Did you have some money saved up? Uh, did you... We Yeah, we did start with personal savings. Okay. I was living at home. Got it. And I am Asian. Right. <laughs> so you don't spend money. You you tuck it away under a mattress. Dude, you want to hear a story how I made some money? Sure, I do. I was living at home, and my mom decides, like, oh, hey, Emily, can you go get some eggs from the store? And I was like cash <laughs> and then she gives me money and then i go find the cheapest thing and i'm like so i can keep the change I will take right two eggs not a dozen that's, that's like a 50 cent uh, an arbitrage that's so funny. she had mother. more saved because i had my own apartment so. Uh, yeah so jessica did you also move back home at this point in time i was living in la and then i moved back home when we decided to start our company i was yeah. always at home yeah. in the okay. you know like the west wing and like when she moved back in i like had to wear pants around the house yeah. oh, I I like what else some pants girl it's like rough <laughs> classic pants rule uh, well, how was that uh, a difficult decision for you to make to move back home after all those years no not at all i think i was always going to come home at some point and this is the catalyst yeah well so i think that and, and i mean i context. didn't plan on living with my parents again right, right. So. But, but, but you were okay with it. Yeah. 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 I didn't think I was going to be there that long, yeah. but... <laughs> How long did you end up uh, being at I home? think we were there until 32. Okay. Yeah, maybe. Yeah, 30, 31 Wait, or something. 31. Yeah. 31, 32. Yeah. And, and so it is true that... Asian and we have no shame. Households... I actually think it's a smart thing to yeah. save yeah. and do everything. I think so too. I think And I think that in American culture sometimes uh, you move out... You feel like as a kid you move out at 18 and say you're, yeah. you're not allowed to come home. That, that reality is changing a little bit now because of, you know, what happened with millennials and everything yeah. in 2008. Oh, we started during right? the recession. You yeah. started yeah. the company during the recession. <laughs> Many of us did. But Russians, Asians, Indians, Mexicans. actually for all of them, it's yeah. Mexicans. You, you live home until... You know, until you start a family of your own, and that's totally okay. Yeah, uh, and they come well, and live with you later. Yes. Like, that's family-oriented, and you support each other. Yeah, and so there's no shame in that at all. But it's, you, actually, you didn't have a choice. You had to do that in order to be able to start this company, because you were doing it off of savings. I think we could have. I actually we think actually we looked, looked at apartments. We looked at oh, yeah. apartments San in San Francisco, because it was like... Um, 
therapy fees later what do we yeah. do but like, we're like in six for one year you know we could spend be spending like $36,000 on our business mm-hmm. instead yeah. of that we so. had thought about it okay. well if you think about it you know when people feel shame about this type of thing mm-hmm. it's just because they're concerned about what other people think exactly yeah. and, and I don't we don't care, care about, about anybody and you, you guys don't care <laughs> literally any good entrepreneur doesn't care about what other people yeah. think um, if you do you yeah. will not make the necessary yeah. risk yeah. Take the you will risk. not you will not make it as an entrepreneur the only thing that matters is if you believe in yourself if the second you start thinking about what other people think you will never be a successful yeah. entrepreneur if you do anything based on what other people think of you you will in not life. get far <laughs> yeah. Yeah. not get far so, and it's okay if you start off as somebody that's kind of averse to that line of thinking because some of us have to get uh, adjust to that yeah. uh, but over time you do get a thick skin you just have to be willing to put yourself out there I think so for the people that yeah. aren't you automatically like that mm-hmm. you can train yourself to become like that there's, there's entrepreneurs entrepreneurs of all types of walks of life, people that are shy, people that are extroverted, Mm -hmm. you know, people that are outspoken, people that are subdued. It doesn't mean you're going to be successful or not, but you do have to develop a thick skin over time and be open to that. Yeah. So for you guys... You have to be a definite optimist. You have to be an optimist. That's another You can't be a... Uh, what they call realist, but they're really pessimist. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. Okay, you're talking about me here. Uh, I always think of myself as a realist. We actually, the only reason I think we've survived this long is because we have, our rule is that nobody can be depressed at the same time. Mm. Uh, so we take turns, turns going back and forth and the other person's like, nah, it's yeah. going to be okay. Like <laughs> but you really, you really do have to believe in yourself because when yeah. we started, there was only one other person that believed in us. It wasn't our parents. Mm. It was my friend. Three Three people believed in us and two of them are right yeah, yeah. <laughs> and my friend passed away right before our launch oh no yeah. like right before and so like we had to that was an even bigger catalyst to like go for it yeah because yeah, he was actually the okay. one who convinced me to like fully convinced me to quit my job because i was complaining about things to him and he was like you're unhappy he's like i don't get it and i'm like well you know and he's like i don't get it just quit your job you don't like it what are you doing yeah right. if so, you're unhappy you have the power to change that and so yeah he's like like our whole life just changed trajectory. Yeah, and you do have the power to change that. It might not be ideal circumstances. You might have to make sacrifices. It's never ideal circumstances. It's never ideal. Yeah, yeah. Uh, but you have to do. You have to move forward. So, okay, you move home. Mm-hmm. Uh, you move home or you're home. What's the first step to starting this company? I mean, you you identified a pain point and a problem, but what is literally the first thing that you did? First, you like pray to the universe. Yeah. <laughs> uh, we have like a theme song for every yeah every uh, moment, every section of our journey here and the first song theme was living on a prayer yeah (laughs) it was living on a prayer living on a prayer our next one after that was the alicia key song um it was like everything's gonna be okay is that a song okay and then jason mraz is like i won't give up when we decided (laughs) to do start over yeah Yeah. i mean besides starting a business starting over again is is even harder i think than starting we have both because you already invested the time yeah. Mm-hmm. Then we also did things completely differently. Mm-hmm. We had to retrain our mind to do things differently from what we had done before. Mm-hmm. You mean later on in the business's life cycle yet to sort yeah, of yeah. start? Uh-huh. Yeah, and both us as well. Whenever we start a company, you oftentimes you have to reset several yeah. times before you figure out what you're actually doing, what you're actually building, right? Oh, Darwinism yeah. Yeah. Yeah, evolution. Right. <laughs> so what what is that first thing that you did in order to actually turn this into a company? And how long did it take first you to get your first thing. dollar I, of revenue? I think this is what we t- uh, help other people with so we always we love to help other entrepreneurs with branding that's one of the things we also do on the side for free besides matchmaking so we'll we always say what are three words to describe yourself 
So we had to figure out our voice. Yeah. Like what we wanted exactly. Everybody, every single person out here, you are a brand. So what is that? And like, what are you going to... And it has to be really authentic mm-hmm. to who you yeah. are because I can like sniff a faker yeah. from miles well, away. Well, ultimately, the hope is what you do is an extension of yourself. So you have to know yourself really well and you have to really believe in it and you have to be really passionate about it. And then after that, we... How we, do we decide on shoes though? Because we're not crazy. We're not yeah. crazy shoe people. We're yeah. not... Were you in fashion before this? I, that, I, I, I was okay. in fashion, mm-hmm. but I wasn't on the design aspect at all. Yeah, and I don't like really care about fashion. <laughs> I mean, I like I mean, to dress I, up. I, I like mean, to dress we look, up. We look good. Yeah. But right, no. We're not crazy. We don't have like 2,000 shoes in our closet. Right. That wasn't necessarily the impetus. Oh, yeah. you uh, know what? I think we're a very... We have that. That's probably the Asian practical side of us. Like, yeah, we educated we ourselves. Comfortable. We have to be, you know, we wanted something with personality. Everything out there in the wedding shoe market before, yeah. everything was very white, very whitewashed, um, kind of like Hollywood today. Yeah. So we're but, gonna be... but after we decided kind of like our voice and what we wanted exactly and had a very, very clear vision, we did our homework. Like we are Asian, we did our homework. <laughs> yeah. We went to, um, we did some schooling for the like the design school. I think we went to the community college. Foothill College is actually number one mm-hmm. community college in the, in the nation. We took one business class. Mm-hmm. We didn't do any. Um, we saw no need for business school. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Why not? Well, I, I was gonna think... take the GMAT when we had this idea. Like I was on my way because before I knew I wanted to do something. But I didn't know what, so that was going to be my next step. But we knew we wanted to do this, so we didn't see the point in waiting a couple years to take that step. And I feel like you learned so much more diving into it. Because who really knows um, what's going to happen? Rent the Runway, when I was there yesterday, they were just talking about how they didn't really know um, what they were going to do. And then all they had to do was find the best of the best, the, the best yeah. dry cleaner. And how are you going to go about that? You just pick up the phone and start calling. Mm-hmm. And what helped with us, I think, is that we're, we're not really shy about um, things. And we, yeah, we're, we're not have, shy about not knowing anything. Yeah. Like, I will tell you what I don't know, mm-hmm. you know? And so we just, we know. had to figure it out. I can't drive. I can't sing. <laughs> and I can kind of cook. Yeah, (laughs) but like we had a lot of like common sense and real life kind of instincts that were going. Like we knew we had to find a factory. We knew we had to like actually get a business license. I'd say we're very intuitive um, to start on the path. So we decided to take one class each at Academy of Art. I took manufacturing there and I'm like, I honestly don't think it was the best idea because... It was like $4,000 for one class. I wouldn't say that was worth it. Mm. Yeah, it wasn't worth it because what I learned outside of it, just doing it, was so much quicker. Yeah. But then after that, we just booked a one-way ticket to China for three weeks. No return. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, We're like, like, we'll just stay here for three weeks. And then we started knocking on doors. And we, our mom came with us because she was worried because we didn't speak Mandarin. Mm. (laughs) They thought, our dad thought that someone was going to steal our eyes for organ donation. Organ trade. It's a real thing, man. I'm sure it is. Yeah, it is. That's terrifying. <laughs> that is scary. So well, your mom went with you to Shep. Yeah. Our mom went with us. <laughs> In translate. And it was actually six degrees of separation. So our very first factory, we're on our fourth factory now. They it was the our mom's kindergarten friends, brothers, cousins, sister-in-law printed the leather on the very bottom of the shoes who introduced us to the first person who took a chance on us. Yeah, I mean we saw a lot of factories and all of them said no before um 
before we got one who actually made us a sample Frankenstein. Everybody said they couldn't the do what we wanted to do because it wasn't the usual thing. So we weren't just do. asking them to remake what they were already making. We we're asking them to Frankenstein our vision of what a comfortable shoe was. Wow. Yeah. So this is after... Now, I know you guys started with sort of thinking about branding. You educated yourself maybe to become more businessy, whatever that means. Uh, but then <laughs> did you spend a lot of time sort of prototyping? Because uh, you already came to, the, to these manufacturers with, with an idea of what you wanted, right? And did you, did you talk to potential customers at all before you went out to that We are their customer. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. We were... We were the exact customer. So how'd you come up with the idea? We did we did salsa dance a lot. Mm-hmm. We did a lot of focused dancing groups. Ah. Okay. So you would on the fly ask people in the classes then what they. Think. I mean, we we asked a lot of people. We talked to podiatrists. We had a lot of. Um, mm-hmm. I had a lot of um, background. She was pre-med, so she had a lot of oh. doctor friends. Okay. Yeah, I had a lot of doctor friends. I was pre-med. I studied kinesiology. I knew about the bone foot structure. I knew about mm-hmm. like all the pain points in it. And so we already had a good sense or um, thought about what we wanted, Mm, you know? I see, I see. Yeah, okay. So this is kind of coming together now. So, you know, you guys weren't necessarily domain experts, let's say, in the fashion world, which I actually think helped you because you were coming at it from a very fresh perspective. Mm -hmm. But you were domain experts in that, uh, you know, you have branding experience, you have pre-med experience, you kind of understood uh, Hmm. more technically, I guess, what the problems might be for people. Yeah, this is where we get back to what we were just saying is whatever your life was before that moment has been leading you up to there. Yeah, you've never wasted time. Hmm. Yeah. You've never, no one has ever wasted time. You learned something from that. It's like when you're dating someone and you break up with them, you're like, oh, that was a waste of time. Dodge that bullet. You're like, now I know I don't want a sociopath. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Sometimes you have to date a sociopath. Just so you know how to recognize. And uh, that resonates with us so much. But everything actually does work out because the reason we went into weddings is because I needed a pair of shoes to get me down the aisle and then as far away as possible. (laughs) So you needed something you could run in as well. Yeah. So we're just well, like, it actually, all night. It, it worked out really well for us because since we were in the recession, uh, we we didn't do any SEO. We didn't do any advertisement. We still haven't done SEO. Brides found us because they research for their wedding. Yeah. They like, this is the first time that they're actually thinking about what shoe they want to wear and make a long decision before they buy. I'm trying to think like what would be helpful. Like how do we truly start? I have zero design experience still. And I don't even know how to do the official formatting or the process, but I have my, I've discovered my own process. So I look at the, you know, personality of whatever's inspiring us, the functionality and combine it all. And then I draw it out. Hmm. So we brought these drawings to the factories and then we were telling them the different components. And that's how we were able to get something together like that the first time. And then we tested it salsa dancing. So you actually yeah. put on the shoes and tested it. Yeah. Um, so Every ho- Thursday, Alberto's. <laughs> <laughs> so how long did it take for you to actually uh, bring this to market? And what happened when you did? Year and a half, right? Year and a half, maybe two years. After visiting the manufacturer? After. No, no, no. no, no wait, wait. We, the hmm. idea was probably a year and a half before we went to the manufacturers. I see. So it was actually a while until then. And then maybe another six months after that before to we had a six launch months a year, party. Yeah. And that was six months premature. So we really launched <laughs> six months later. Our website was up six months later. But because of that, as soon as our website went up, we suddenly just got orders from everywhere. There was already traction from 
I don't know how they heard from. We don't know because someone told us we were on like the twentieth page of Google. But again, they found us because they were on the internet for three hours searching. Right. Yeah, back when it was organic, we actually climbed from the twentieth to like the bottom of the first page for comfortable wedding shoes. And we don't know how. We don't know how because we didn't do SEO. I mean, I don't know what it's like now, but it goes to show though. Probably there is a lot of demand for that, and you know, I think the way a lot of times that Google. Scrapes content is they look for high quality content or maybe other oh, sites that are pointing we to it. High quality yeah, content. you guys have high quality. There you go. <laughs> so if unknowingly you did SEO, um, but also it's the type of market, right? You said yourself, uh-huh. people are searching. They're actually going to the fourth, fifth, twentieth page of Google. Most people searching stuff on the web don't do that. Yeah, we're pure word of mouth. Most people yeah. were referred to by somebody else. Hmm. So okay, you have now a company. Uh, at what point was the first sort of um, or the next iteration or where there was like a big change where you decided to take into a slightly different direction? Because you said that you guys went through a couple of different uh, changes, right? We in did. The, in the life, you mean, um, cycle of the company. I guess we could kind of say by factory. Oh, I see. Okay. Oh, yeah. Maybe because our first factory was, you know, you have no history of sales, no history of PR. And in in those days, they were just kind of like, well, I don't, I don't know what you want to do. Like, why would I do this for you? And they want huge volume. They want, yeah, all the press. So like the first one was um, someone giving us a Hail Mary, you know, giving us a chance. And even though they weren't perfect for us, you know, because they got us going. Yeah, they got us started. And because of that, we had traction with PR and sales. So we had another uh, factory later that was higher quality a little bit more on time maybe it's a law of attraction because all the all the reporters and every single pr hit that we had they were all coming to us and all the buyers were coming to us in the very beginning especially and then the next time we went to a factory we were able to show them the oh my god look at the san francisco chronicle spread and like it's yeah like our mom pages. rolled it up and brought it everywhere to china <laughs> yeah. she's like <laughs> my daughters and because of that we're like oh right, and then nice. they'll take us on even if you don't have like the big numbers or if you don't have like the millions of like orders or something like that like they'll you can convince people to take you on like yeah. for different ways each time we each time that was a little bit of a, a chapter we had to like learn something really big at the end oh, of that God. chapter. Yeah. yeah, like the first time was when uh, the second factory, our agent started copying us. Ooh. Yeah, and oh yeah, yeah, she started copying us. Um, like trying to sell the same shoe direct to consumer. What do you mean copying you? Uh, yeah, I yeah. think her LinkedIn is like vintage wedding shoes. Oh wow. <laughs> yeah, so she started to copy us, and we had to get out of that situation. But each time we were learning, but they some, had amazing quality. Yeah, something you know? different. Those chapters were kind of like you hit like a wall or uh, a closed door and it just kind of we were just always like, okay, we'll just try the next door. Can you tell us a a perhaps a story maybe in the first two years of the business where you came across an obstacle that seemed insurmountable or you had your back against the wall where you oh, had to yeah. do something? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. We have huge, huge failures. So many. <laughs> so many. to start from. So many. My, my, you cried the most. Yes. Okay. My favorite, favorite one, my favorite failure is um, we had just She likes done, to say fail forward. Yeah. I like to say like fail that. forward. Um, we failed to the top. <laughs> so our, our very, very first huge failure 
was um, it was with our first factory. We had just completed our first production run, and we were order we were reordering a second production run of the same styles, same colors, same sizes. Right? Like, should be easy. Yeah. Our consultant, <laughs> had, who was like a consultant for Nasty Gal, he was like, "You guys are veterans now," and I was like, "Yeah." Yeah, we're veterans now, and we're doing our second production run, and it's going to be so easy. So we get our shipment. <laughs> we get our shipment. And this is with me being there for, like, QC there for a while and coming back. So, like, it's it's not like we ignored them while they were doing things. Mm-hmm. We get our production, and then we're we're kind of, like, opening them to just kind of because, like, you know, we just I opened it, and I was like, that's purple. It was like a slight. It was a slight difference, right? But that wasn't even the biggest problem. Silver with lavender undertones. (laughs) Yeah, that wasn't even the biggest problem. The biggest problem was every single shoe was um, the left foot was half a size smaller than the right. Every single pair in our second production run. Wow. And so I was like, I yeah, I still cry sometimes about that thinking (laughs) about it. But it was it was such a moment where you're in this warehouse, the temperature drops like ten degrees, and you just want to cry. Wow! But it seemed fine. So what did you do? How did you? Because you had people. people, Yeah. Wait with orders. Right. <laughs> <laughs> you did had we, people waiting on no, orders, right? What did you did do? we have to like absorb that loss? And we just... we had to absorb that loss. We had to tell people that the production was delayed. Mm-hmm. We didn't yeah. tell them what happened <laughs> with the delay. Right. Yeah. And then we had to go argue with the factory about even getting some money back because yeah. things are on paper, but they're not. They weren't at that time um, enforceable mm. for us. Yeah. Okay. Wow. So you, so you even had to, to swallow some of that cost, and then you just ordered another uh, run of the same same production cycle and just shipped later. Yeah, we shipped a lot later. Okay, but your customers loved you guys, so you didn't lose that much clout with them. Yeah, we didn't. We didn't have that big of a problem for that because a lot of times brides buy for a wedding that's advance. really far away. Luckily, mm, <laughs> I see. Yeah, I mean, the best entrepreneurs I find are people that can sort of handle themselves in these situations. It's okay to break down for a little yeah. bit. But uh, ultimately, you Every have to Every entrepreneur cries. Down. Every entrepreneur cries. I mean, I've definitely <laughs> cried. I cried before you guys came here. <laughs> no, I didn't. Not today. Uh, but, uh, you know, you do have to uh, be willing, or not even be willing, be able to work with your back against the wall, as Sergey said. You know, just figure things out. It's a puzzle, essentially. Yeah. Entrepreneurship is, a, is a, a series of puzzles that you have to yeah. kind of uh, mm-hmm. solve as you're going along. And doing it in a different way. So yeah. everybody usually just kind of takes the same steps that everybody else does. I'm going to go to college. I'm going to go into this grad school. I'm going to make those connections. I'm going to ask for visa I'm gonna, funding. Yeah, I'm, I'm going to become a consultant. I'm going to be that. like, whatever. And that's on. That's just a set path that's been tested before. But there's no originality to that. And that's just not the entrepreneur path at all. Mm. We tried at first. We're like, okay, what does a normal shoe company do? And what they do is... They have a white, older salesperson selling your shoes. Mm. That's what they had. You got a dirty old man selling <laughs> lady shoes. Creepers <laughs> like us walking around with women's shoes. Okay. You're hired. Okay. <laughs> yeah. so. But then you're just at a trade show and it just wasn't... It, 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 it didn't feel right. It, we tried it. You hired the creepy old man? No, we we did it ourselves. You dressed up as creepy old man. (laughs) Okay, so you did it yourself, but it didn't feel natural to you and your style. We didn't. It didn't feel right because we didn't. We we don't sell. 
we don't sell our shoes ever. We're here to show you an option if you love it, because we feel like, you know, if you love this and you will love this, we'll show you something. We'll never pressure you to sell. We'll never be, you know. Yeah. And it this. was weird because. That's probably why we didn't market or SEO or advertise. Mm. But it was a sea of like white satin and we were the only like blue leather and suede's. Yeah. And so it was a good thing because everyone noticed us, but we didn't like the vibe of the trade show. Mm -hmm. So you, that wasn't really a path you were going to take, right? Yeah. So that's when we went just like straight up direct. Got it. Okay. So then at what point in the business, because you started getting some customers, word of mouth clearly has been your primary way of growing, which a lot of people will be envious of. But hey, when you have quality and uh, a niche market like this, Everything it can happen. Everything should be word of mouth. It should I, yeah. be. And some of the best businesses have grown through word of mouth. But um, was there like a hockey stick moment, as Silicon Valley people like what's to say? Yeah, moment? what's that? Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're basically, you're like, you're growing, but then all of a sudden something happens and then you start growing a lot I think we grew faster. like this. Okay, it was more Oh, no, wait. I parabolic? would say we grow like like this. Okay, so more She's drawing zigzag-y. some lines that are oh, zigzaggy. Okay. They flatten and they go up. Um, so it, there's moments where there's bigger growth and then there's moments where it's kind of flat. It's it was it, the flat parts are the um, the failing forward parts. Got it. Yeah. <laughs> I like that. So how how long until you guys could pay yourselves? I think I we paid other know. people a lot longer before we paid ourselves. Yeah, because we um, wanted to. Well, we paid people when we first started too. We hired all the professionals, like a professional photographer, the makeup artist, doing our first, you know, lookbook and doing the trade shows paying for all of that and then we decide we're very very creative on a budget so the next times when we were doing other photo shoots we would just collaborate with uh, photographers yeah we like stopped paying the <laughs> models are all our friends even to this day everybody on our site is i mean we pay in different real. ways <laughs> yeah. yeah well yes we'll pay in many ways <laughs> you're growing with the brand <laughs> But sure. we like we, we pulled it back. We pulled it back. <laughs> yeah. Got it. We were so like, this is stupid. Different elements that we yeah, like you will do this, but you try to make your way. But for all our photo shoots, we were like DIY making the whole backdrops and everything looks ten thousand dollars, but it was a thousand dollars. So and so so when when was that point where you could pay yourself, maybe even move out move yeah, out of your parents' three place? Three years in, I think we were very um, hesitant to pay ourselves. Yeah, like hesitant. We paid um, like a retainer for a PR company first before we started to pay ourselves. Mm, okay. Yeah. So I don't. Like, it must have been like three years in. Okay. Yeah. That was really cool though because we were like, "What's what's this check? <laughs> I haven't what? What? I haven't Wait, seen a check in so long." Dude, two hundred dollars feels like a million dollars at the point. Oh, of course, <laughs> like, absolutely. Well, so there there was a point in the company's life where you actually had a major um, major change or major personal obstacle that you uh-huh. had to overcome, where Emily sort of had to take over and run the business for a while on her own. Can you tell us a little bit about what happened there and how you guys? Uh, bounced back from that ah one of my almost many died stories <laughs> <laughs> i died almost uh i died almost three times no i think way. in my life Jeez. and this is wow. the third time this is the only time emily was around for this one <laughs> so i i was sick it was i don't what point was that 2000 12. So three years, three years in. So you're starting, so right when the company's picking up steam. So it was was good. We were like, it was really good. Mm -hmm. We were really, that's that first structure you guys were talking about when you really went up. Yeah, our our first four years were like taking off. It was good. 
I was then diagnosed with terminal cancer. Wow. wow. And it was a 0% stage, chance. Stage 4, 5. They made a new stage. Jesus. They made, they made a new stage. stage. It had metastasized to like four or five different cancers from nose to hips, shoulder to shoulder. It was all over. Wow. They're basically like, my doctor is basically, you have a few months, um, you need to decide what you really want to do with your life. And I was like, I am doing what I really want to do with my life. I have like my own, my making my own way. I'm doing whatever I want to do. I can, you know, do whatever I want every day, basically. Mm-hmm. And then um, I tried to work and I didn't. Mm. So then I, I probably didn't work for a couple years after that, even though I was attempting to. And then Emily was, everything was on her shoulders. Well, um, so after she finally got diagnosed. Um, oh, it took a while, yeah. Our, our parents She was shipped, like typing my emails for me when I didn't know. But like her, point. our parents shipped her to Hong Kong all of a sudden. Like literally four days later, she's like, she's gone to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. Because it had it to be a days, really yeah. quick decision about what um, we had to do for like the, the therapy. Mm-hmm. You know? And so mm-hmm. it was super quick in how it, it happened. It was supposed to be palliative chemo, which is just to make yourself more comfortable toward the end. But mm-hmm. it was, I had a miracle recovery. So did you have to go through chemo? I, yeah, I did have in like a year and a half of chemo. Wow. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And why Hong Kong in particular? Because the, the cancer I had was endemic to Hong Kong. Mm-hmm. So my ancestors carried this gene that could like switch on and off. And the American health system is it's so terrible. bad and slow. Wow. Besides our business, I also want to, I know the cure for cancer and I also want to change the American healthcare system. Wow. wow. I believe you guys could do it. I, I think, think we will. I think we will. <laughs> so while we're telling you our dreams, we're also going to be getting into producing and screenwriting and movies too. Wow, I love that. We'd like to be guests. Uh, return the faith. Well, that's that's so. Have a cameo. Yeah. That's, <laughs> so that's an even bigger back against the wall moment because mm-hmm. you were given a few months to live. Yeah. And you decided, no, I'm gonna, I'm not gonna take that for an answer. I'm gonna do something about this. Oh yeah, I didn't, I didn't believe them. Well. Yeah, I didn't believe it either. I don't know. For some reason, I just had a vision in my head that our children were gonna grow up <laughs> yeah. around the same age. Wow. That's crazy. What I love about the... Who win- knows if my eggs are viable now? <laughs> <laughs> Freeze them. I have to start testing uh, <laughs> The... Uh, um, no, what I love about what you said, though, yeah. is when the doctor said, you have to figure out what to do with your life, and you yeah. said, I'm already doing what I yeah. want. What a test to confirm and validate that you've been... That you made the right yeah. choice to you know move back with your job, whatever it is, uh, because you actually enjoyed your life on a day to day. You didn't have any regrets. That's amazing. Yeah. Most people can't say that. I did ask that question after I finished chemo, and then I had a period of like I was zombie afterward. Um, so for two years, I probably couldn't even move my body. I didn't work out at all. I couldn't even think. Wow. It just pumped full of toxins, and that's when that question came: Do I still want to do this with my life? Do we even want to do shoes? Is it just shoes? Yeah, it's we were a- like, what more can a you do it's the philosophical midlife crisis yeah and so how did you come to the answer so then it was like i actually i just took a break i didn't do we didn't i didn't put anything into this i wasn't thinking about it and then i was like what do i want to do it made us we were trying to figure out like what made us happy about our business 
before? Well, because while she was gone in Hong Kong, we were doing so well. Wow. You know, yeah. we had gotten the Huffington Post blog. We had gotten into like Anthropologies, Beholden. Yeah, we were like their top seller for three years. Like they they ordered from us, um, and then their first day they sold out. Wow. And they had yeah. to reorder. And so like while while she was gone, it was so good that um, I thought it was just going to be continued. Jessica will get back, and we'll just continue again. But I hit my wall yeah. <laughs> maybe a year after she came back. And that's when we really had to decide yeah. um, what we were going to do with our lives. Yeah, because is this meaningful? We were selling shoes, but it wasn't feeling as like, we weren't as happy selling shoes. It was very shoes. robotic, shipping, packing. You've been doing it for several years at yeah. this point. I mean, So how did you find that, that deeper meaning for yourself? What was the turnaround? Um, so out of my, uh, I would say it was a, a solid month depression. I She was a month, I was yeah, like. Yeah, just because it was years, I was like a month, but that was that's pretty long for me. Um, <laughs> yeah. A friend sent me um, a hundred happy days challenge. And I don't know why, but I was like, I'm going to do that. Oh, we recommend this for everybody having a difficult time, no matter what you do. Yeah. So every day for a hundred days, you find something that makes you happy. And in this case, if you posted it on Instagram or Facebook, they'll collect it for you. And at the end, just over two years ago, we first started. Yeah. They'll send you, they'll send you all your pictures at the end, but they never sent the photos. Yeah. They (laughs) (laughs) They did it. Yeah, I did it. It's just the act of recognizing something that made you one little thing that made you happy Happy that that day. day. And for two weeks, I was like, it was really hard to find something happy. It was like my soup blender that you could use in the pot. Immersion Like I was like, wow, you don't have to put it in a real blender. (laughs) And then like the latte was really good. I was like, it's warm. But it was crazy. (laughs) On the second day of the 100 happy day, the minute we decided to consciously try to change our mental state, um, our next day factory, two. our third yeah. factory contacted us on LinkedIn. Wow. Yeah, so day two of 100 happy days. Only on the second day, I got a LinkedIn message from a factory looking for a partnership. And then like that first week, we were like still trying to find things that are happy. And we had a Dubai interview. Wow. I mean, like, so the yeah. minute that we like consciously decided that we are going to try to be happy again. It was, Things I mean, started don't to get me f- started. It was like really hard still like yeah. for a hundred days to try to keep going and like, why, why, why? And it took a long time to finally get to, this is what's going to make it happy about us. And this is when we added the heart part to our shoes with beauty brings personality and heart. Mm. So that's when we decided. And that's when it yeah. all clicked into place and it weirdly all came yeah. back to shoes. And so that's where we are. Wow. Decided to use shoes as a platform. Form. Yeah, mm. yeah. Well, you guys said yourself this is only the start. I think you yeah. will do a lot of other cool stuff. Uh, maybe change the healthcare system. Who knows? You clearly <laughs> have a lot of insight there. Um, Actually, if anybody knows any VR, I feel like it could be accelerated. Yeah, 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 I bet. I well, I also think the the fact that we always know we're going global. Oh, we makes consider us... ourselves in the love business. Yeah, <laughs> we don't consider ourselves in the shoe business. Mm. So mm. we think of ourselves mm. in the love business. You love yourself, love your body, love where you're going, and so we're all about spreading the love that's our mission statement and so i think anything that aligns with that will be moving forward with but we have to we always celebrate the little things oh and because we want to be so global we always feel like we're not where we want to be and we had to start getting yeah. happy with what we've done mm-hmm. yeah you know 
Clearly, you guys are optimists, I can tell. Uh, everybody, even optimists, can go through periods of depression. It's normal. Uh, mm-hmm. You know, I've been through it. Sergey has been through it. If you're an entrepreneur, you will have ups and downs, and sometimes the downs really suck. Yeah. But the ups yeah. are amazing and fantastic, and you kind of have to become okay with it. Yeah. Uh, and, you know, we, we interviewed uh, this week for an episode that we're launching next week uh, a gentleman named Max Eltacher, who... Uh, Max Elchiller, who uh, grew his business, and he says that he's kind of become numb to both the negatives and the positives as well. Aww, <laughs> and we're why? like, wow, we need to do that too. Well, no, but like, it you can don't be become helpful. numb. You don't want to become completely numb to the positives. Yeah. But don't try not to be numb. I like what you guys yeah. said, though. Uh, celebrate the positives, you know, recognize and, yeah. and enjoy the moment of, of yeah. the positive mm-hmm. things that happen. Uh, and then try to consciously appreciate get out of the, the lows, yeah. though. Yeah. Appreciate the lows because there's a message in there. Mm-hmm. It, there's a reason why you're you're not feeling good about something, or yeah, it, there's a reason for you to look at there to find the change. And that's actually what I thought about the cancer too. I was like, there's a a message in here, and it's like there's something within the pain that something started that has to be changed. And mm-hmm. so the same, we did the same thing with our business. So we're like, what has to be changed? We can't just do things the same thing over and over and over again. Yeah, Although well, we tried that and didn't work. So. And, so, and sometimes <laughs> you have to well. in order to, to find out the solution. But I think it's so important that you, know, you can't just wait for moments of inspiration or moments of positivity. You have to create that for yourself. And you found that deeper meaning for yourself in mm-hmm. your own business. And so that's something that proactively you have to do. But I also love what you mentioned earlier. Oh, which yeah, is, with purpose. Yeah, with purpose. But you also don't allow each other to be depressed at the same time. You lift each other up. So can you talk a little bit more about your co-founder relationship? Because sisters, twin sisters, starting a company together when you've never started a company together before, that's a bit perhaps risky. Um, You know, sibling rivalry, all that that stuff that people talk about. How did your co-founder relationship develop? How do you see yourselves? How do you divide responsibilities, all of that? Our, Our responsibilities fell without speaking. We mm. never officially talk about anything big <laughs> okay. ever. So, and I think one of our models is divide and conquer. Mm-hmm. So we, I don't, we don't even know how we got to that point, but she has final say on business and I had final say on creative. Okay. And then it's like, oh, I would do emails and she would take calls and she's at the warehouse. I mean, I think emails and calls I'm should go together. I'm meeting the brides, <laughs> but no. But like, clearly there's supposed to trust there. Um, which is why yeah. you guys sort of agreed, okay, divide and conquer. You can, mm-hmm. can w- if one of you guys makes a decision, you don't have to run it by the other. You just kind of roll with it and trust. I mean, we, we collaborate. Mm-hmm. Like, I love photo shoot stuff and we'll do that. But, like, she'll definitely have final say on oh, what yeah, we she'll end be, up with. Oh, yeah, she's a great assistant on my photo shoots. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so have you had a situation where either on a business or creative decision you disagreed? And how did you solve that? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Maybe mm-hmm. some, like... Maybe like when in the design process, I'll come up with the final and then she'd be like, no, I really want a two inch heel or something. Everybody wants a wedge for the outdoors. We actually want to change all our shoes into wedges mm-hmm. easily or something like that. So like, how did you, so did you, are you open-minded to listen to her suggestion or do you ever, you know, are, are a little bit more hard headed and then, you know, you don't want it to do it her way. You want to do it your way. How did you, I think we try to that? say, we try to stay open-minded about most things. Yeah. And if you feel really passionately about something, then that would be like, no, I really think that this is what we Yeah. It's kind of like, what's your deal breaker moment. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So what about big decisions? Like, let's say deciding that you're going to do most of your sales online versus uh, distribution. That was really easy, though. Easy. That was hard for me because we had the relationships with the... Relationships easy because I the, made the decision? <laughs> easy because she didn't have to do any of the legwork after the decision, so okay. I had to talk to the wholesalers 
and be the, the one to be. Yeah, I didn't have to face them. Yeah, so I had to face them and be like, we're phasing we're, out of wholesale. Um, we it's just we wanted a relationship that benefits both parties and more symbiotic. And so the thing is, we decided like to let them be. We grandfathered in a few people who we really really liked, but. We're basically like we're stopping wholesale, so yeah. I, I just didn't want to have that conversation with but them. But we we were on the same wavelength for deciding if a bigger wholesaler came to us and they wanted to do an exclusive yeah. or they wanted to like collaborate with us and only they sell it. Like we would just yeah. push people to them. We were okay with that because it that works out on decision. both sides. Yeah, you know? we decided to do. Nobody else does this either. They will sell the same item at different places. We only want. So uh, a retailer would be like, you won't find that shoe anywhere else except for this location. So that's a decision we made if we'd go there in the future. Gotcha. So it sounds like you guys are pretty on the same page. Maybe there's a little friction sometimes, but because there's implicit trust and because you've been able to kind of divide responsibilities. Oh, always. Hi, we're, we're yeah. related. Exactly. <laughs> Which is why I say. You're if not you going to dump your sister. Yeah. yeah. If you think yeah. you can start a business with your with um, a relative that you're close with and there's implicit trust with, go ahead. I mean, The I don't Olsen think twins do it. The Olsen twins do it. And no, they're not as them, cool as us, yeah, though. They, they, they <laughs> I don't know if they're in a good place, though, lately. Uh, I don't talk to them anymore. Well, <laughs> uh, thanks a lot for coming on the show, guys. You guys have an incredible story. We're excited to see what happens next with Hey Lady and Gents. Gents. We are, too. shoes. We're going to go now and just try on some women's shoes, because why not? Yeah, see I'm okay with cross-dressing yeah. if, uh, if it's uh, to provide feedback to entrepreneurs. And so. it's going to look sexy. <laughs> Thank you, ladies, uh, for coming on. The, show. the sexy man shoe. Yeah. yeah. Thanks for having us. Thanks, guys. Next time on the mentor. <laughs> <Why did laughs> <you just laughs>